Welcome to Guided by Moontide, an intuitive astrology podcast that explores astrological themes and major planetary transits to support your healing and evolution. Episodes are released every new and full moon. I'm your host, Christina Wingeyer. Welcome back to the podcast and happy full moon. The time period I'll be covering in today's episode is March 18th through the 30th from this full moon to the dark moon. I am recording in California, so all dates and time zones are Pacific time, so you may need to make some adjustments for where you live. Let's get into today's episode. Begin with the full moon in Virgo. It's happening on March 18th. And this year, the Virgo full moon is coming towards the end of Pisces season. And, you know, Pisces season is always a kind of time tripping, mind bending dream time. And this year, it's extra so with the co-presence of Jupiter and Neptune. So there's been some big waves of emotions and feelings, confusion and creativity, and this vast expanse that is Pisces is even vaster than usual. And even the ruler of this lunation, of this Virgo full moon, which is Mercury, is also in Pisces. So There's just so much Pisces energy in this full moon chart. But thank goodness for this Virgo full moon because it's like an anchor. It's earth energy. I mean, it's not Taurus. It's not fixed earth. It's not cardinal earth, Capricorn. It's mutable earth, you know. So it's a little bit of a pause in the drifting or a little bit of anchoring to help you ground right? To get grounded. It's a very practical. Virgo full moon is very practical. It's actually quite healing and it's here to help you organize any overflow. And for some of you, this may be flooding. And for some of you, it may just be an overflow, right? And so kind of like the banks of a river, the energy of this full moon is here to help hold and direct the water into systems of energetic and emotional coherence. This Virgo full moon is opposing the sun in Pisces. That's what makes a full moon, that opposition. But there's a very liminal Pisces stellium here in this chart where we have Mercury and Jupiter and Neptune and the sun all in Pisces. And so the Virgo full moon is opposing all of that and it's doing its very best to help you find some ground beneath your feet to streamline or simplify your experience. Both of the luminaries, the sun and the moon, are aspecting Pluto in this chart. The moon is moving towards a trine with Pluto. The sun is moving into a sextile. Both of these aspects are harmonious and supportive. And so in this case, I think Pluto can help you release the overflow into the earth. It's supporting these kind of channels where the water can irrigate and nourish rather than flood. And with Pluto, sometimes it can feel a little cathartic or there can be a healing crisis. 
this energy is intense, this full moon, um, but it's ultimately supporting kind of this clearing that is happening. And the pitfalls with this full moon are that Virgo tendency to, what do we say, like not see the forest for the trees, right? There's a micro focus or having your focus kind of stuck in analysis paralysis or the opposite, which is all the Pisces energy, which is that big macro vision. And I think this moon wants a type of fluidity or the ability to kind of see the details and how they fit into the big picture, like holding both of those. Also, Virgo energy can be very, very busy, very much um, kind of working and always perfecting and refining and has this exacting type of energy where it wants to get things perfect, right? Um, and this is definitely exacerbated with Pluto in the mix. And so, you know, really this Virgo full moon can give you the ability to work and to bring ideas that have been a bit nebulous into some sort of organization. Um, but with all of this Pisces dominant in this chart, the perfection is an illusion. So if you find yourself going overboard, as it were, during this full moon, you may ask yourself, like, what does good enough look like here or feel like or how can you trust that you can walk away, let go, um, you know, and kind of come back to the project or even a conversation another time? So knowing when to pause and where to rest is just as important as organizing and working and refining and perfecting. So, yeah, it's a powerful full moon. Very, very healing, I think ultimately. So I hope you enjoy the energy in the best way that best supports you and your own healing. And the next day on the 19th, we have Venus in Aquarius square Uranus in Taurus. This is happening at 12 degrees of those fixed signs. And, you know, I'm going to be real. Venus has been undergoing a deeply transformative process this year. We started the year with Venus retrograde in Capricorn, which indicates Venus retrograde is a review period for all the Venus topics, relationships, money, pleasure, beauty, art, embodiment, value, all that stuff. And Venus also had these extended conjunctions with Pluto and then with Mars. And so Venus is currently in this aspect of moving away from a conjunction with Mars, headed towards a conjunction with Saturn. And in between these conjunctions has this square with Uranus, this hard angle. And so these are all challenging planets that Venus is interacting with. And Venus's ultimate goal is to bring more harmony and more beauty and more love, more relational energy into the equation. And so this square to Uranus is, you know, Uranus energy is not always easeful. It's probably never easeful. It's very much connected to unexpected change, upheaval, freedom, revolution, and it's challenging. Squares are challenging. And so this square from Venus to Uranus on the heels of this full moon is creating friction or pressure to kind of break free of any ideas or concepts that limit the expression of love. So this could show up in an argument. 
we're holding really tightly to words or old ways of speaking or having a dialogue just aren't working anymore. They're actually causing more constriction and less movement. And so I think the secret to working with this aspect is to remember that Uranus is actually traveling in Venus's house. Venus rules Taurus. So love and beauty are ultimately in charge here. And there's an underlying harmony which can be revealed by doing away with any artifice or anything that is false. And this can bring you back into your recently renewed and clarified values, definitely around your own innate worthiness and the equality of maybe the person you're in exchange with that you both are worthy and have value. And perhaps this can support you in navigating any unexpected news or schedule shifts or plot changes or drama challenges that might show up with this Venus Uranus square in a way that's more authentic, more guided by love. And maybe, just maybe, the universe is actually working in your favor here. And so something that you might need to let go of or consider trying something different in order to bring you greater freedom, greater liberation, and a more authentic expression of love. A few days later, on the 20th, the sun moves into Aries. 20th of March through April 19th, we have the sun in Aries. And this is happening on Sunday, the day of the sun. And it's the vernal equinox when the sun moves into Aries. So we have that beautiful equinox energy, kind of a balancing time where day and night are of similar lengths. It's the beginning of the astrological year. It's the astrological new year. It's Aries season. It's initiating a turn of the seasons and a rebirth of the sun. And for the Northern Hemisphere where I live, it's initiating spring if you're listening from the Southern Hemisphere, you are moving into autumn. Um, but whatever it is, the sun is reborn and vitalized in cardinal fire, initiating new beginnings and fresh starts for this solar season. Aries, the sign of Aries is ruled by the planet Mars. And something interesting to note is that about 10 minutes or so after the sun enters Aries today, the moon, which is waning, enters Scorpio, which is the other sign ruled by Mars. So on this first day of Aries season, and really the first couple of days of Aries season, we have both luminaries traveling in Mars ruled signs. So we get a real taste of what Mars is motivating you to take action on. A funny thing is also that this Aries season doesn't have a ton of fire other than the sun and the moon. And, you know, the moon will move through the other fire signs as well this Aries season. The only other traditional planets that will be in Aries while the sun is in Aries will be Mercury. And that begins March 27th. So until that time, which is a week away, there are some minor planetary bodies here in Aries. We have Chiron in Aries, Pallas Athena in Aries, a dwarf planet Eris in Aries. But all the main planets, all the visible planets, um, most of them aren't in fire. They're in water, they're in air, a little bit of earth. And so this elemental emphasis during a fire season continues to be that kind of air and water, especially the first week of Aries season. 
still, the sun is exalted in Aries, and there's this revitalizing energy for the life-giving light, our brightest luminary, the sun. And as we move into the new season, whatever that is for you, where you live, there is this seed of a spark that's going to grow over the next three months. And Mars, the ruler of Aries, is applying to a square with Uranus in this chart. So there's this extra little kick in this Aries ingress chart. And it's likely that with these minor planetary bodies, Chiron and Pallas Athena here in Aries, that there is some inner child healing as well as inspired strategy and wisdom that is available to you this Aries season. And so I suggest looking at your natal chart to see what house topics get activated every year when the sun moves into Aries, because that will help you understand where you might want to take inspired action on your dreams, all the dreams from Pisces season, of course, in alignment with your heart values. And when you do so, you are definitely on the right path. The same day that the sun moves into Aries on the 20th, we have this very watery conjunction with Mercury and Jupiter at 18 degrees of Pisces. So this is a soulful infusion from the big mind, from the wisdom of Jupiter into Mercury. This is a generous wisdom teaching that can expand your creative and intuitive knowing. It's a lot of water. And traditionally, Mercury has some challenges here in Pisces. And so this is a different way of knowing. This is a different way of communicating and perceiving. It's very soulful and dreamy and spiritualizing and creative and expansive. And if the waves of life become too large or too loud, the invitation is to drop into the stillness beneath the water to receive this kind of infusion of this healing elixir that Jupiter has here for Mercury. So many creative and spiritual and psychic messages coming through over the next couple of days. I mean, really all of the time that Mercury is in Pisces, but this period of time where Mercury is conjunct Jupiter and then in a few days will be conjunct Neptune, this movement from Jupiter to Neptune, it's really deep. And this kind of communication, perception, way of being doesn't always work well or line up in the logical kind of linear real life world. And so it might be that conversations are a little confusing or kind of exhausting or vague. And if you're any kind of creative human, if you're a writer, an artist, a meditator, a gardener, a dreamer, like make space in your schedule for some kind of suspended animation time uh, or some personal retreat time or just longer time periods for wandering, receiving downloads, uh, meditating, doing your art, like listening to music, whatever it is to make the most of whatever messaging is coming through for you over the next couple of days. On March 22nd, it's Mars Day, it's Tuesday. We have a tricky transit here today, which is Mars in Aquarius square Uranus. 
still at 12 degrees. Venus was square Uranus a little while ago. So it's Mars Day, and as we begin the day, the moon is waning in Scorpio, which is Mars's sign, and moving over the south node, so kind of churning up some old material. Perhaps it's a little toxic, but ultimately, you know, we're in the waning moon phase, so we can clear and release. That's the best use of that energy. Um, so this moon is under Mars's command as we begin the day, and Mars is feeling this pressure as Mars, which is action, uh, motivation, is moving towards this confrontation with Uranus and Taurus, which is the spark meets gasoline. And by the time this aspect is exact, the moon has changed signs. So the moon is now out of Mars's command. The moon is in Sagittarius, and um, that means that Jupiter is in charge of the moon and that the luminaries, the sun and the moon, are in a fire trine, which is adding some heat to any combustion that is already present. And this Mars-Uranus square can definitely be combative and argumentative. There's a spark here. It could turn into drama, and it probably will for some. But I wonder how this spark can motivate you to find an unexpected or unusual way of taking action or finding a solution or a way of adapting to any setbacks or annoyances today that might interrupt your stride? How can you interrupt your own reactive patterning, any kind of fixed loop that's happening with Mars and Aquarius, Uranus and Taurus, right? How can you interrupt that? And if frustrations or anger is present today for you, it very well might be that the current situation you find yourself in is actually activating old wounds because the moon is moving towards Chiron, a trine with Chiron in this chart. So there's this inner child getting stirred up. There's an opportunity for healing. And the moon is also moving into a trine with Pallas Athena, the goddess of wisdom and strategy. And so Really, there are new tactics and ways of taking action and asserting yourself that are available to use with any old battles that might be showing up, and especially if they're inner battles, because for some of us, this is going to be really happening in the interior, inner struggle, as easily as it could in an outer struggle in your life. So definitely a tricky transit. If it's not you, it could be someone in your life or someone you encounter in the world that's just kind of on edge today. Definitely make space for that. The next day, so it's building in this Mars-Uranus square time, is the Mercury-Neptune conjunction. So this is on the 23rd, the next day, um, at 23 degrees of Pisces. Whew, on Mercury's day, it's really funny how the planets are making these strong aspects on their planetary day this week. So it's Mercury's day, it's Wednesday, that waning moon kind of perfects its trines with Chiron and Pallas Athena that I was talking about. And Mercury gets pulled into the merge with Neptune, which is a very transcendent mystical experience. It's like the mythic mind. And so this is archetypally a very rich moment of myth-making and meaning-making and dreaming and trans, you know, navigating and swimming in the transpersonal realms. Very mystical, very spiritually nourishing and creatively inspired. 
And yet there's a lot of challenges with the squares, Mars and Uranus, we're a few days out of that full moon, but all of this pressure is really creating an inner alchemy. And really today, like, don't make it make sense. Don't push yourself into conversations that unravel and get confusing. Like, take space, take time today to kind of get lost a little bit or, you know, work in a way or to think in a way or to perceive in a way that's very spacious and, again, very mythic. And I think that that is a really useful way and a very kind of delightful way to work with this energy is not to expect too much productivity necessarily, but um, a rich creative exchange and experience with this Mercury-Neptune conjunction. Remember, Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces and Jupiter and Mercury were conjunct a few days ago. So Jupiter which brings a lot of wisdom and healing. And there's a lot of compassion here in this very vast field of swirling energy. And it's a different way of working than kind of we're used to. So it might be really confusing for some. And that's okay. Just let yourself get a little lost today. That is, I think, the best way to enjoy, if you can, this aspect. Fourth of March, we have arrived at the last quarter moon, which is the halfway point between the full moon and the new moon, the midpoint of the waning cycle of the moon. And the waning moon, and especially the quarter moon, it's always an opportunity to let go. To let go, to not hold so tight. This last quarter moon is happening at four degrees of Capricorn. So that means there is a square between the waning moon at four degrees of Capricorn and the sun at four degrees of Aries. So this moon is ruled by Saturn, okay? And the sun in this chart is ruled by Mars. And ultimately, Saturn is in charge here because Mars is traveling through Aquarius and Saturn is kind of calling the shots in this moment. So there's a lot of renegotiation of contracts and ideas happening in Aquarius. There's Mars and Venus and Juno and Saturn are all within seven degrees of each other in Aquarius. And Saturn is the bottom line. Right? Saturn is the rule maker. Mars is taking direction from Saturn. And this is really fueling the landscape that the sun is traveling through over there in Aries in this chart. So maturity, Saturn, uh, kind of tempers any impetuous behavior, but at the same time, it's really important to pay attention to this kind of spring fever energy that is being activated by the sun's journey through Aries. And with this last quarter moon, you don't want to overcorrect, but it's kind of a firm, loving parenting of your inner child. It's like you're providing guide rails or guardrails to kind of use this last quarter moon energy to help you be productive, but in a waning moon kind of way, which means less than you think. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. 
and there's a lot of wisdom found in resting as well as making space for spontaneous movement and taking responsibility for balancing that within yourself, like your need to move and, and be inspired and take action, which is that sun in Aries, as well as the need to kind of slow down and get some structure, some boundaries, and take responsibility for you know all the things that you're here to do. But waning moon time, less is definitely more. I am excited to announce that my monthly astrology memberships have merged into one. I have a Pisces season makeover. So instead of having different levels of membership for different content, what I've done is created just one membership. Moon Club is my monthly astrology membership. And all the content that I create for my members, for my patrons, is available to everyone. So that means the live calls, the weekly videos, the new and full moon horoscopes, the daily cosmic weather channel, solar season workshops, there's more, Moon Club is expanding. All of it is available to all members, to all patrons. And you can partake what most excites you. You don't have to do everything in Moon Club ever, but there's a lot available. And there's different pricing tiers. There's three different pricing tiers now so that you can invest at a rate that works for you and your financial circumstances and ability. All the details you could want about Moon Club and what is available is on my website. There's a link in the show notes below. There's even a video I made talking about Moon Club on the website. So um, go check that out if you're interested in tuning in with the moon, hanging out with other cool moonbeams, getting into the cosmic flow and learning about astrology. Well, moon Club is for you. All right, we are now like deeply in the waning cycle of the moon now that we're past the last quarter moon. And it is really like the light of the moon is rapidly decreasing now, which means that it's that final week of the lunar cycle, time to integrate, to harvest, to release, to rest and regenerate and kind of, you know, look back over the previous couple of weeks and glean the wisdom that is for you from your own journey while shedding and releasing and letting go of things that aren't for you, that build up, that is no longer needed. And in this waning moon energy, we have on the 26th, we have Mercury and Pisces, sextile Pluto and Capricorn at 28 degrees. So Mercury has been journeying like 20,000 leagues under the Piscean Sea for the last little while. And at this point, what it feels like is Mercury has reached the ocean floor and to meet Pluto, Lord of the Underworld, which is beneath the ocean floor. So this sextile, which is a subtle transference of power, is this kind of ground for this very fertile, creative mind to nestle into to root into, to draw up some rich material before this plutonic vortex propels Mercury back up through the water very quickly. 
because Mercury is moving really fast right now and picking up speed. And so the image that I've kind of see is this cosmic underworld jet stream <laughs> that Mercury taps into, kind of grounds into and then moves upward through these final degrees of Pisces before it bursts into the sign of Aries, which happens the very next day. So the 27th, Mercury is now in Aries through April 10th. A short journey because Mercury is moving so quickly. So Mercury is in this like Pluto volcano and emerging or erupting from the water, from the Pisces Sea, this primordial fire energy comes forth. And so Mercury in Aries is a fire starter. It's drying out the waterlogged mind and ready to take inspired action on many of the ideas that were percolating below the surface for the past couple of weeks. And why do I say action with Mercury? Well, Mercury is in Mars's sign and Mercury is a planet that is about movement and Mercury is moving very quickly. So mental activity will likely quicken or pick up speed. Mercury is actually moving toward a conjunction with the sun. It will happen in early April, a Kazemi, right? And it feels like Mercury is in a rush to kind of get to the sun and receive this infusion of warmth and life enhancing energy from the sun. This 26th, 27th of March, this movement from Mercury from like the bottom of the sea up to the light and moving from the end of the zodiac to the beginning of the zodiac. It's really interesting. Like pay attention to your mind and your conversations and the pacing of your thinking and maybe even how things become clearer as Mercury dries out in the sign of Aries. So Mercury in Aries through April 10th. The last aspect that I want to share with you is happening on the 28th of March. It's Monday, it's Moon Day when this aspect is happening and it is Venus and Saturn conjunct at 21 degrees of Aquarius. So as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, Venus has been undergoing a lot this year and she's making this conjunction with Saturn and Saturn is asking what are the rules of engagement in your relationships, primary friendships. And with Aquarius energy, there can be this very kind of humanitarian perspective that is available, but sometimes those ideals are difficult to recreate in everyday life because emotions get in the way, right, to our ideals. And so we're kind of wondering, like, how can you commit to some of this big mind or humanitarian enlightened way of being in relationship on the daily? Like, how can you do that? So this aspect is inviting in some negotiation. Saturn really wants to lock things down for the long term, wants to know the limits and the boundaries. And Venus is like, hmm, do these boundaries give me structure and comfort or do they feel confining because I'm in Aquarius. Yes, Saturn, you're in charge, but Aquarius energy likes to be free. So, uh, you know, we're looking at the foundation. We're wondering what the bottom line is. And you're kind of really considering what you're committing to. And are you committing out of obligation responsibility or out of love responsibility? There's a difference there. There is an asteroid called Juno here with Venus and Saturn. And 
Juno is an asteroid that is a lot about being in right relationship and finding partnerships and relationships that feel like you're on equal ground and that, you know, you respect each other and, and you can share power equally. And so this kind of triple conjunction with Juno, with Venus, with Saturn, the moon is actually here as well, the waning moon, which is creating what's called a Venus or a moon gate, yeah, activating the fifth chakra, which is a lot about communication. This simple Venus-Saturn conjunction is actually very much bringing an opportunity to have a dialogue uh, where both parties can speak their truth and take responsibility for how they show up or you have the opportunity to speak your truth and take responsibility for that truth and then how you show up in relationship. Here, as Venus moves through the gate of communication, when we move with Saturn, Saturn has this ability to kind of congeal things or bring things into form to anchor them, to make them more real. And it's not necessarily easy, but it is ultimately important kind of want to know what you're saying yes to. So Venus conjunct Saturn, Juno's in the mix, the moon is in the mix, it's the balsamic moon, it's waning moon energy, and so it's not about gripping, it's about making more space and letting go of old dynamics that no longer serve your own and expansion, which is kind of what the astrology right now is all about. Maybe it's always about that, but that's just my perspective. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that uh, these two weeks find you well and that this podcast is supportive to you as you kind of navigate the cosmic energies. And I'll be back with the Aries New Moon transmission on March 31st. So until then, have a beautiful couple of weeks. 